I'm Danielle Laporte, and essentially, this is a one-woman show about self-realization called With Love, Danielle. few quick things to mention. These are adult conversations, so heads up. I'll be talking about compassion, self-help fatigue, sex, joy, serving the world. This is about a spirituality that's way more rock and roll than it is oppressive. I'm here to help you turn your anxiety into power. Personally, I want to live more deeply, but lighten up. You're going to hear about all the ways that I have finally figured out how to do that. I am not into making grand motivational promises, but I can commit to showing up as fully, sincerely, authentically as possible with the intention of really alleviating suffering and amplifying joy just for starters. It's about doing everything I can to help all of us feel a little less crazy, a lot more full of possibility, and clearly part of the solution. Here's a poem called Normal Amazing. I have not known shams or oil wells in my living room. No inheritance, no near-death experiences. My blood is mixed, and I am broke in some places. I have so much confusion, I can't find words, things to be ashamed of, or lighthouses on my way. Honestly, I can't tell you the difference. But I walk up a street every day, the same street, uphill. I have a house on this street that I paid for with useful ideas. In the front yard, there is buried a hummingbird that I found on the city curb where I parked my car on the way to dinner with a friend who loves me. I wrapped it up in a cocktail napkin and drove it home. The bird reminds me that joy is worth dying for, and that in my house, there is so very much to worship. A world of light and determination in the form of a boy with my smile. Makes me wonder why I ever want more than what I've got. A universe on a sidewalk. An empire of generous questions. A life that hummingbirds and the homeless can feast upon. A quote from Thomas Merton. There is in us an instinct for newness, for renewal, for a liberation of creative power. We seek to awaken in ourselves a force which really changes our lives from within. And yet the same instinct tells us that this change is a recovery of that which is deepest, most original, most personal in our lives. To be born again is not to become somebody else, but to become ourselves. In my 20s, I was fascinated by stories of spiritual transcendence. A temple librarian in India told me about a monk in the mountains of Tibet who sat in perpetual meditation, no food, no water, no interaction, for three solid years. He was so far gone, inwardly, that when he emerged, he found that birds had nested on his head and ants had eaten away his earlobes. That's focus. I loved hearing about breatharians, individuals who, with the bolstering of meditative practice, subsist on minimal liquids and just air. Yep, 
and wandering yogis and out-of-body experiences and astral travel and... This is my last lifetime here, I declared to a girlfriend while we hennaed our hands, nagged champa incense and the cocteau twins wafting through the air. I'm burning some karma and then I'm out of here. I plan to assign myself to another dimension in the next life. Ideally, one that didn't have melancholy or menstrual cramps. I want it all light, all the time. I'd never felt 100% committed to this life on Earth. I'd always planned on seeing this lifetime through with flair, but I felt like this dimension was just a training ground to get me to higher ground. Then a miracle of all human miracles happened when I was 34. My son was born. The intensity of our connection, it was like a wave, many waves of light washing away all of my human hesitancies. It was so much of what I needed to realize in one place. So this is what it's all about. This is what the human trip really is for. This is what we're made of, pure love. And there I was, here. And I didn't want to be anywhere else. Now that didn't stop me from wanting to earn my keep, from thinking I needed to work harder to earn my pleasure and ensure my wellness. On the contrary, I was going to try even harder to be superhuman, not just for me or for God, but for my boy. So what if church were cool and you actually learned about compassion in high school? Uh, That's what I'm trying to pull off with these new classes that I'm teaching. They're called attunements. They're going to be every month. It's 90 minutes, you and me, live, interactive, as deep as I can go, as practical as I can make it. It's fresh content, stuff I've never shared anywhere else before. As always, it's pay what you choose. You go to daniellelaporte.com slash attunements. This is some soul education, and everybody gets to sit at the front of the class, unless you're one of those introverts like I was, and you want to sit at the back of the class. Anyway, you're all you're all in. You're all A+. daniellelaporte.com slash attunements. going to be so fun. See you there. I once asked a meditation instructor how he thought people with full-time jobs and children at home were ever going to get enlightened with such packed schedules. Because this is some time-consuming stuff, I told him. Householders, he replied. There's room for householders. This means lay people, the non-monastics, They are free to be out and about in the world, have families, watch reality TV. The melting distinction between monastics and laities is considered to be a sign of progress for Buddhism in the West. Flexibility for the win. Many spiritual practices cultivate the capacity to rise above the illusions of the mind, to reach our higher self so we can get perspective on our smaller self, to witness truth, and to be sure, The power of observation is the benefit of devoted practice. All of my research into aesthetics and contemplatives had me thinking that ascension was the great spiritual aim. That if I wasn't developing a super-consciousness, I was too ordinary, too human, out of touch, and worse, out of favor with the invisible cosmic crew I was always trying to earn points with. I do believe that upward is where we want to be heading, toward a higher point of view, 
I want to transcend my fears, ascend to unity, rise above the mundane. But I have to take the mundane with me on my way to the holy. Otherwise, I am not whole. Otherwise, I am leaving God behind. My religious investigations were accruing. The sadhus, and what a fascinating, freaky show of devotion they are. Known as India's holy men, these aesthetic Hindus offer their entire existence to prayer and pilgrimage. They live off the alms of the community and are dreadlocked, body-painted, and barely clothed. In some sects, as an act of physical transcendence, they hang bricks off their pierced penises. This is hardcore. This had me question my pain tolerance. I heard about modern Christian monks who regularly self-flagellate with a, quote, passion stick as a means of subduing temptation. And other Orthodox brothers who stood or kneeled in prayer on high rock outcroppings for years until they became crippled. And there I was, shopping for the softest yoga mat I could find to support my practice. A bunch of friends were doing Vipassana retreats, and I was feeling like a total underachiever because I had zero interest in sitting on a cushion for 10 days watching my in-breath and out-breath. What am I afraid of? I must be overly attached to my unawakeness. Between all my strict vegan besties and my friend who gave up sugar for a whole year, not even ketchup? How can you have a fulfilling life without ketchup? I felt guilty every time I opened the fridge. If I didn't turn my weekly walks around the neighborhood lake into a walking meditation, as per Thich Nhat Hanh, I felt like a slacker. If I wasn't chanting in the car, I felt like I wasn't making the most out of my drive time. A llama I was working with gave me the assignment to chant 100,000 Prajnaparamita mantras. A friend of mine, who was also practicing with the same teacher, said, Oh, is that all? You can bang that out in a weekend. Bang out mantras, huh? That was a new one for me. Within the same week, my phone notified me of five apps to track my mindfulness. And that was it. I was maxed. I couldn't count another step or another mantra. I needed a super woo quantification break. Ancient, modern, monks, neighbors, torturing ourselves to ascend. I understand how renouncing the ego and bodily form could be very useful in attaining enlightenment, to truly experience that we are more than what our senses see and feel, to let go of desirous fixations, to master one's consciousness by transcending the biological locality, that which we call a body, to become our spirit. This is mastery. And I suspect I've lived lifetimes whipping my own back and blistering my knees to feel the ecstasy of subsuming pain and offering it up to a higher power. Perhaps in my next go-around, I'll be born into a lineage of high-level practitioners and devote myself to an aesthetic life, willingly and with fervor. And maybe before this life of mine is over, when I'm silvery and shrunken and my lover has gone into the light ahead of me, I'll find a cabin in the woods and sit in repose and transmute my every breath into light for the multiverse. Maybe. But here's where I am now. I will not, in any way, torture myself to ascend.
not even if there's an app for it. The hours I've logged in Lotus position have indeed expanded my mind. All the light I've been trained to bring down and radiate outward has kept me well. And maybe it's even helped some others. And maybe I'm clinging to this theory because it's a comforting one, but I'm convinced that there is a more joyful route to soul expansion. It's not easy, and it's not fast, but it involves as much pleasure as it does restraint. I'm working on being a super human, not superhuman. What I know in my bones is that for most of us, our greatest growth comes from the black, mucky, fertile mess of relationships. When you do the hard work of loving someone the way they deserve to be loved, when you go down into the sensuality of the present, when you go down into surprising self-hatred, into feeling helpless in the midst of ignorance and toxins and homelessness, when you show up to help yourself and help others. My life always calls me, sometimes wrenches me, back down to my body, my home, like a million homes on this earth, filled with minutiae and temperaments and soft, tiny experiences of joy and pain. That baby boy of mine, he grew into a strong swimmer, but he flunked out of one of his swim classes before passing the program. Total bummer. As I was handing him a towel at the community center pool, I said, just breathe light. What color of light do you need? Mom, you praying about green light isn't making me feel any better, he said, obviously flustered by my methods. Please, just get my backpack and let's go home. Got it. After years of wanting to ascend, I'm just really grateful to be here. I hope you can say the same. Thank you so much for listening, for feeling, for spreading the word with love.